0: Hi, I'm Gavin Shields, and this is Self Storage Explained, expert advice on how to set up and scale your self-storage business. Hello and welcome. And uh, we're joined today by Gulsnat from Centreburg. Uh, welcome.
1: Hi, Gavin. Thanks for inviting.
0: Oh, thank you very much for coming. Um, uh, so, uh, Gulsnat, would you mind uh, introducing yourself, please, and uh, like yourself and, and a little bit about Centreburg, please?
1: Sure. Um, So my name is Guzhanat, and I work as a part of professional services team in Sensorberg. And um, what Sensorberg does is that we try to digitalize uh, access controls in self-storage facilities. We have several types of hardware specifically designed for the self-storage buildings. And we also provide app and backend. Yeah, Depending on the client needs, we uh, adjust our solutions
0: Okay. Okay. Great. Okay. Thank you very much. Um, So we've got a couple of things want to run through, and mostly what I'd like to try and do is help listeners understand more about your solution and you know what it means to install it at their site and for their customers. So um, that's the kind of stuff I'd like to try and go through on this call. So um, first of all, so just thinking about um, the different, you know, I, I know you've got you've got various products in self storage. So would you be able to talk us through the different? Products that you have at Sensorberg and what they do and why a self storage operator might use those products.
1: Sure. So um, let me introduce from hardware perspective. So regarding hardware, we have several types of uh, devices, and their use would depend on the type of unit that they are designed to. So, for example, if operator is interested in installing the device access control device for the doors. Then it would be access hub or access hub protect. If um, operators are interested for equipping the devices on the storage units itself, then we can use low control hub. Low control hub is a device which can control up to thirty two different um, storage units doors, and yeah, it also uh, allows to um, open the door via. IP and uh, Bluetooth. So that's something that uh, we would highlight for our operators. Uh, Apart from that, we also have the combination of those hardware that I mentioned, um, which is used for elevators. So elevator control hub, it is a combination of access hub protect and low control hub, which also can control several uh, like layers for um, elevator access. And at the same time, we can use uh, the combination of those solutions for direct access units. So I would say it would depend on the um, customer needs and we can adjust um, different combination of our solutions uh, based on that. Uh, That's regarding hardware, but uh, we also provide app, um, which is branded and um, uh, based on the uh, customer like design design, um like handbook and the logo, we can develop our app based on that. And the main uh, feature of our app is to create those opening requests for each user. So each user can log in and open their assigned unit. And apart from that, the most beneficial part for operators is the backend, where uh, operators can monitor the opening requests uh, the number of units, um, locations, and um, also sensor um, like results. So uh, it combines in all the picture for the current storage facility and gives insights for operators.
0: Okay. Okay. That's a great answer. So just to, uh, so I understand that. So there's hardware and you have Access Hub and Access Hub Protect. Yeah are they are they for entrance doors like roller shutter doors gates and are they also for the actual unit doors themselves
1: yeah exactly they are used for specifically for the main um, gate gates and the entrances or even can be doors like can be used for just uh, office doors as well so okay. uh, yeah mostly it's used for doors let's say
0: okay and and the if you wanted to put it on the like you know i, I have 100 and... 49 units in my facility here in Northern Ireland. If I wanted to put that onto every single door, I could also put it into the doors.
1: Yeah, of course, um, there is no like restriction. You can do that. But uh, in that case that uh, you have like several hundred doors then we would definitely recommend low control hub because uh, that would allow you to control uh, up to 32 different units. Like one device can, um, yeah, can do opening requests for those 32. So I think this is quite efficient solution
0: so do uh, I write then. so the access hub, access or protect is the lock hardware. And then is the low, is it, is it called low control? Lock control
1: hub. Lock yeah.
0: control hub. Okay. Mm-hmm. So is that kind of like a, is that the thing that communicates with the locks?
1: Exactly. Yeah. For lock control hub, uh, we have specific types of locks, uh, mechanical locks. And um, yeah, they are um, coming with the cables and um, they directly connect to lock control
0: hubs. Okay. So, with lock control hub, uh, is it, uh, so it communicates to locks on doors?
1: Exactly. Through read contact. There is a sensor, read contact sensor, and that would allow us to monitor through backend if the door is open or closed.
0: Okay. 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 So, uh, all right. And so, with, with lock control hub, does it connect to the access hub protect locks, or is it a different type of lock?
1: Well, um, it's different type of lock, okay. like it's mechanical lock. Mm-hmm. The one with sensors and with a specific RJ45 cable, which will also provide, um, so yeah, it's connected directly, but, uh, you are not wrong. Once you ask me if you can control, um, like access hub protect, uh, with low control hub solution, it's multiplexer. So you can also install several access hub protects to this low control hub. And that might also allow you to control, like, elevators and um, also direct access units. So uh, you can combine these kind of solutions and uh, yeah, play around.
0: Between all of that, you, can, you have got the hardware, uh, hardware solutions for main entry gates, uh, roller shutter doors, every single unit door, if you wish, and the lifts for elevators. Uh, so we have hardware for all of that. um, Okay, and then then you've got the app as well, so the mobile app. And so is that what uh, is used by the the customer, the the actual end customer, or the operator, or or both? Um,
1: So it can be used by both, um, by operators and by end users. Um, If we go through user experience of end user, then what we can say is that uh, for example, u- user books a unit through the website and he proceeds um, to payment mm-hmm. and then he receives the email with communication of his credentials, the link to the app. So he um, downloads it, he logs in, and then he goes to unit to open it. So mm-hmm. that's uh, how user experience is done from, um, from end user perspective. So mm-hmm. it's quite, uh, straightforward and simple okay. uh, as for um, operation manager. Uh, the steps can be uh, same. And only thing is that uh, operation manager would have uh, admin role or operation manager role in the backend, so um, he would be able to see all the units in the facility, mm-hmm. while end user is seeing only the unit that he or she booked. So that's the main difference. Uh, also, um, it's us who provide the link for the app for operation manager. And um, yeah, of course, operation manager would have the whole access to the backend. That would be the difference with end user.
0: Yeah, and so the, the third thing thing you mentioned was the backend. So that's is that like a a cloud based? Like a do you go to that on your browser and you can log in and see? that for? Yes. Can you hear me okay? Not- yeah,
1: yeah. For, for a few seconds.
0: Okay, I'll ask the question again then. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark the clip, so I'll be able to go back and delete that. And um, so the, the third thing you mentioned was the, the backend system. And so that's something that the operator would use, presumably to see when people have been in and out of the facility. What, what else would they be using the end for?
1: Mm-hmm. So uh, I would say there are several features that our backend offers. Yeah, first of all, you're right. Um, Backend is used for monitoring the requests that have been made by users. So uh, what time, what kind of unit has been uh, like opened and um, this kind of data. Apart from that, we'll also backend provides um, kind of the dashboard where you can also see a number of units, number of users, number of visitors, mm-hmm. um, the frequency of uh, visitors during the year so it's kind of providing these kind of uh, graphs also the results of some sensors like motion detector sensors uh, it can be also integrated with alarm feature presence feature so uh, based on needs of customers we can implement those features mm-hmm. all together and um, also I think the main um, benefit of our backend is that it can be scoped um, so just give, give you an example. Uh, we had um, the client a few years ago with uh, who opened the facility um, just with like 100 boxes and now uh, it's scaled up to a s- few thousands. So uh, like all these um, units can be monitored through one backend and um, all the locations could be monitored in one backend. So uh, this would allow to operation manager to um, gather all the data from all this uh, like period of time and yeah, monitors activity. Um, yeah, and also I would say security part that um, our platform is available 24 seven. So uh operation manager would be also to, we would be able to uh, like monitor uh, the activities like at night if some breakings, like might happen that's all translated in our platform.
0: Okay. Okay. And um so you mentioned there just security. Do you um do you have any kind of alarm system that's included in in, in your solutions as well that helps people keep the, the facility more secure?
1: Yeah exactly. Um recently we have implemented this feature to one of our clients. Mm-hmm. Um yeah um, so what we did is that we um enabled alarm feature in the backend um, and also presence feature. So um, this uh, has been done also through um, adjusting the sensor of our hand- hardware, of the locks that we are using mm-hmm. for each storage unit. And uh, in terms of software, um, we implemented the necessary algorithms. So basically, if uh, there is um, some signal which uh, might be potentially related to um, breaking mm-hmm. then um it would communicate it to necessary uh organization mm-hmm. so uh, they would be um taking care of it so they would check the security cameras mm-hmm. if everything is fine there with the unit so uh we have implemented these solutions and um I think it is quite um um like quite unique in in terms of um yeah in terms of uh this solution um apart from that, we also have like presence feature um, which would allow us to monitor uh how many uh, like users are currently in the facility and for how long they are uh, they have been there. Hmm. Um, so, the main benefit of it, uh, it might be used for fire department, for example, if the building um yeah, if there's is something is happening with the building re- regarding the safety regarding fire, uh then of course, operations operation manager could just check the dashboard and see like how many users are currently in and uh, were they able to exit uh the facility like these kind of features.
0: Okay. And what about uh, units? So one of the things we hear a lot about in the UK recently is break-ins uh, and people, you know, getting into, pe- into units and even tunneling between units. <laughs> so uh, do, do do your locks have any kind of, uh, like if somebody tried to break into the unit, is there an alarm built into the lock? Do you have any sort of uh, unit alarms inside? Um, Like,
1: I would say currently our implementation is done based on the sensor, which okay. yeah, which can say, aha uh-huh, which can say, uh, if the door is open or closed. Yeah. So, aha uh-huh. if the um, current door is actually open but there are no requests made in our backend, uh-huh. that means that something was wrong with the setup. So the request right. has not been made, and yeah. the necessary actions would be sent to. Uh, like to the organization to check like for the security and to check yeah. the cameras. That's how it usually works.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Yep. So that, that's great. So you have an alarm built into the lock itself. So if, that, <laughs> if it hasn't connected, then, you know, yeah. something. wrong. okay, great. Thank you very much. Um, okay. Uh, one of the things that we often get asked is uh, like, if you have an existing facility and you know, you're, it's an indoor facility, let's say, and you have, you're using padlocks. Uh, and then you know new technology like yours comes out and people might be interested to put in locks to all the all the doors um and we call that retrofitting uh, yeah. I'm sure you heard. do does sensorberg can your locks be retrofitted to a facility
1: yes uh i think currently we are also uh providing this service the engineering uh service for our customers yeah. so uh we can send our team to measure the like the storage units what's uh current technical um, state of the building. And based on that, we can cooperate with our box builders that we work closely together. Mm-hmm. Um, and based on that, we can uh, build the frames, the necessary f- frames for installing our locks, our uh, devices. And this can be done for sure.
0: Okay. So you can put that onto existing locks, existing doors. Exactly. Good. Okay. And then another thing we get asked a lot, because we have a lot of customers who run um, container-based self-storage facilities, uh, whether there are lock solutions. There's obviously a lock solution for the gate. SensorBerg is a great solution for for gates. Um, Do you have any customers who have used SensorBerg in containers to uh, manage the access to containers?
1: Yes, yes. Uh, We do have some of our clients. Um, which use like huge containers at their facility, and they have up to like 1,000 units. Um, wow. Yeah, yeah, we have, we have implemented it last year. Uh, in that case, we have used uh, cylinders, cylinders which are Bluetooth-based. So there is no wiring. Uh, only what is needed to be done is um, um, installing the cylinders, which is also quite uh, simple. Um, like um, regarding the installation, we also provide support and have our own installers uh, already aware on how to install them. And um, yeah, that's done in the same way. I mean, the backend, the app request is done the same way as is done with our hardware. Um, Yeah, all the um, activities is monitored through backend. So um, that's already been done.
0: So well, that's great. So um, I, I didn't quite catch. Um, so is it a, is it like a padlock attached to the door, or um, what, mm-hmm. what, what? What is the what, so a, a shipping container will often have a big you know kind of steel thing that goes across, and then you attach a padlock. So mm-hmm. uh, what what is the solution, and how does it work uh, with with the container?
1: Um. All right. So <clears throat> um,
0: sometimes, sometimes what we would what we hear is. Um, with a container sometimes they will uh in order to make it work with an automated lock system they'll take the whole door off and then attach mm-hmm. a roller shutter door and mm-hmm. then and you can attach a lock system to the roller shutter door um uh that's one solution i've heard of um so i'm just interested to uh understand exactly how your your container solution could work
1: yeah like in that case i would say client used um like cylinders like it's normal door. So um, it's like more like a door handle. Like um, yeah, I was describing that solution. Um,
0: with the, with um, the door handle solution with, with the center lock in the, in the handle? In, in yes, the,
1: in the handle. with a cylinder with a lock in the handle. So that's like uh-huh. uh huh. But of course we can uh, implement um, like with frames, um, with several engineering services. Um, based on client needs, the necessary uh, equipment. So if not cylinder, okay, we can implement it this, uh, with other locks, which is like controlled by log control hub. So yeah. this might be also uh, the case.
0: Okay, okay. Apologies, I, I, I you said cylinder and I, I didn't quite uh, uh, put two and two together and work out it was a cylinder lock. So apologies for that.
1: Yeah, no problem. I'm happy to explain.
0: <laughs> uh, okay, brilliant. Um, so, uh, So then we've integrated with, Extora, integrates with Sensorberg, it's a recent thing we've just added. So from a customer experience, so just, uh, it sounds like um, what happens is, let's say they book on the web, on the store website, um, and then our system, once it's a move-in day, our system will talk to your system and say, you know, Mr. Smith is moving into unit number one this morning, um, you know, so that, so then your system then becomes aware that this is happening uh what what happens what does your system do then and what's the experience for the customer and um, like do they receive a text message or a code or what, what what happens then
1: uh all right so i would say it would depend on our integration partner first of all and um for the end users the experience with that would be that um after they booked uh, yes, they receive the email with the necessary credentials to log into app, okay. and the link uh, where, like, they can with with the link they can download the app, and uh, yeah, and proceed to the next steps. Um, that's for the end user. But before uh, going to that step, we of course communicate with our clients regarding the external identifiers, uh, which are necessary. Uh, to set up before integration with, oh, yeah. with Dora or with other partners. Um, so yeah, we communicate the, the necessary external identifiers to the customer and to integration partner. So we all work closely together, set up those um, uh, like labels okay. and uh, afterwards, we also agree on the access groups. So what are generally access groups? consist of, so this can be like general um, units, main door, elevator floor one, elevator floor two, for example. So we combine all of these um, units into one group. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, there'll be another group, which is the unit itself, the unit that the user booked. So once the booking is proceeded, all of these changes um Regarding the user assignment to specific group of the unit, it will be reflected in our backend through booking platform.
0: Yeah. Okay. So once the, the setup happens between Sensorberg and Stora or whatever software we're using, that setup is uh, means that, that the software product will the software system will talk to Sensorberg and update as you know as, as things change. Yeah. Um, and so the, and then the customer experience then is that. On the morning of the move in, this was a using Stora, this is when it would happen. The morning of the move in, they will receive an email. Mm-hmm. Is it an app by by facility? Uh, or how does that is it is it one app for for everybody?
1: Um, Gavin, could you please uh, repeat your question? No
0: problem. For a um mm-hmm. um so once um, what was I even what did I even ask? I'm trying to think where I joined, where I started. Um, okay. Um, so once the once the sensorberg and your software platform can communicate together, and that setup phase is done, then um, you know the software platform will be talking to, to the Sensorberg back end to update it with changes to the facility and people moving in and out. Um, and, so, and then when the customer is um, is moving in, so in the morning of the move-in, if it's with Stora, they will receive an email and in the email will be a link to download the app and that's how they get in to the facility. Um, and I just had a question about the app. So is, is it a Sensorberg app or do you create an app for every different uh, individual self-storage customer?
1: Yeah, like uh, currently, we are creating uh, each app, each white label app for each customer. Oh, okay. And we we'll also in, include their logos, like their preferred colors. So, um, yeah, it's kind of designed app for each customer.
0: Okay. Oh, very good. That's a nice uh, experience. Um, okay. And so then so the, we touched on a little bit, so the operator experience for installation. Um, you know, There's obviously the connection connecting to the software, but... What about um, you know before that so um, presumably some of your team come to site uh to survey like how does that what happens on site uh do they need things like power at, at all the locations Do they need internet uh, like, what's the experience of, of getting a sensorberg system installed on a, at a facility
1: uh all right so yeah there are several steps before project uh is implemented so first of all we would organize several discussions. So we'll involve our technical team, project management team, and sales team, and all of us sit together and go through each, uh, like technical requirement of each customer. So uh, after we considered all these technical points, we suggest the scope of the project. So uh, we uh, get the necessary floor plans from um, customer. And this document is, including all floors, all units, and all doors. So we mark mark like, which device can be installed where and communicate it to the customer and to our installers. Um, and during installation, um, our installers would go on site and they would support um, the installation process. Um, we have already worked with several projects within and outside Europe. So we have our trusted experts. And so there are like box builders uh, who already uh, installing our devices and our cables. And in terms of requirements um, regarding, uh, like, in terms of our requirements to our client is first of all to get the stable network connection
0: mm-hmm.
1: and power supply. Because some of our devices would require some uh, power supply. Uh, so that would be like the main points. And we, of course, discuss it beforehand. Um, so, yeah, I think um, yeah after installation, we would also provide acceptance tests where we test all of our units and all our devices. And we provide some uh, trainings with our backend and um, like hardware, how to open it um necessary troubleshooting steps mm-hmm. so um yeah these knowledge would, would be shared during the project implementation and then project goes uh to life and um, to maintenance stage where we also support um you yeah, know via hotline and via support tickets as well
0: okay okay so you're 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 there to help and uh, Sanji, you've got a, a great support uh, system in place too for any issues yeah. Uh, Okay, so, uh, an important question. Uh, How much does it typically cost?
1: Yeah, Um, I think it would depend on the solution and client requirements. Uh, We have base implementation of our projects and Mm -hmm. we have advanced. So, base implementation would include 100 doors, for example, one main entrance, one exit door, one elevator, and it would be based implementation but also there's advanced which would include alarm feature motion detector uh keyless cup, which is a digitalized version of pin based solution and mm-hmm. um yeah up to 1000 units so um, we would say um that would the cost would of course depend on what kind of features does the client want and uh this is why like i would be happy to connect um customers with our sales team, and they would be happy to share and uh, give more information.
0: Okay, okay, so it, uh, the answer is it depends. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one, one thing you mentioned there, uh, which I didn't catch earlier, was that there's a pin solution as well. So we talked there about the customer experience being, uh, you get an email, you download an app, and then you <laughs> the app to open the doors. Um, is there also a solution from from Centerberg where um, there's a, a code created and they type a pin code in?
1: Yeah, exactly. So um, in the case of uh, customer forgets the phone or they don't want to use phone, uh, they want to use NFC, then we're, we are offering a kiosk solution. It's a tablet solution, mm-hmm. uh, which would allow to input the necessary code and uh, open the unit, which is assigned to the user. Um, so in the main benefit of kiosk, I would say that it's um, scoped to one location Or one floor so it's highly secure uh, compared to for example mechanical solutions Um, yeah and what I can also add that um, we recently got some requests from our customers that uh, they want to share pin codes with um, DHL or with UPS Ah, so they will be able to drop um, the parcels so um, we are offering kiosk for specifically that purpose as well. So that simplifies operators' um, like daily activities.
0: Okay. Okay. So this is so if a customer doesn't have a smartphone, uh, they could be there's a, a you call the kiosk. Do you mean it's like no. a tablet like, at the at the front of the building?
1: Yeah, um, it's a tablet in front of the building where like necessary uh, numbers can be input.
0: I would So let's say you're a customer, you're, you're, you're 50, uh, you type the thing in there and that will open up the, the lock at your door. So the time you get there, it will be open. Is that how that works?
1: Um, so, yeah, like, um, let's say once customer is on site and um, inputting the, his or her identification code, mm-hmm. yeah, then uh, it opens automatically. We can set it to automatic opening mm-hmm. or uh, if it's not automatic, then uh, there will be display of several units that the customer has access to. So okay. then customer would select which unit uh, he or she wants to open. And that is this uh, unit would be open. Um, also, yeah, it, the time can be from 30 to 60 seconds, like regarding time, like how um, short it should be. So we would also ask that from the customer, what's the preferred mm-hmm. timing.
0: Okay, okay, brilliant, thank you. Uh, and, and so we've we've got customers all around the world. Um, is Sensorberg available worldwide? Do you support just certain countries? Where are you most? Where are most of your customers?
1: Um, so yeah, like currently we are supporting um, European market and also outside of Europe as well. So we have our customers in Spain, France, uh, Germany. And uh, Switzerland, UK, but Mm -hmm. at the same time we are um, constantly uh, like in communication with uh, other countries, and we are uh, happy to expand. Yes, I think that's something which is in progress. So no
0: limitation. There's no limitation to where um, you, you can you can work. Exactly. Okay, okay. So uh, just uh, maybe final couple of questions. Um, so what's the most, if you're using Sensorberg, what's the kind of most, what do most customers do? Uh, you know, So do most customers just have it on gates? Do most of your customers have it across the whole facility? What's the most common implementation of Sensorberg? Um,
1: I think the most common implementation uh, would be uh, using uh, low control hubs for the uh, storage units. So that's something that uh, we are providing as um, an efficient solution. Mm-hmm. And um, of course, the main gate, we are using Access Hub Protect. That's also the most common implementation. Um, yeah, Access Hub Protect uh, also, um, like it's water resistant, humidity resistant, so it's well protected. So our users can trust our devices um, even outside like, during harsh weather conditions. Mm-hmm. And uh, elevation control hub that's also included in the basic implementation. Mm, and I would say kiosk. Kiosk is also becoming something that our customers are preferring to switch from like m- mechanical pin pads to digital ones.
0: Okay, okay. Okay. Um, is there anything else that you know, we haven't talked about that you think uh, listeners should know about? Yes, uh, I
1: think one point that I wanted to share is that uh, recently, we are having um, more and more customers which are very new in the field. They have no experience in the self-storage facility, and um, but they are eager to learn and to cooperate with us. So we have um, provided some consulting services for um, those customers and we are sharing our um, contacts um, context of our partners, and uh, we guide through mm, through the whole process of project implementation. So at the same time, we are also learning. Mm, so I think that's uh, important to highlight. And um, each customer's experience is unique. Uh, each customer's technical requirements is unique. So we are also always happy to adjust our solutions to align and um, to teach to teach, and uh, to learn at the same time. So I think, yeah. Um, yeah, that's something that we are happy to help within this transformation from analog to digital.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, all right, okay, that's, that's great to know. And so if anyone wants to find out more about Centerberg, where should they go?
1: Yeah, we have uh, our website, centerberg.com. Um, yeah, we have all the uh, like product sheets there um our contact information would be there as well so um yeah uh, anyone interested just can go to our website and uh, call us directly there yeah
0: okay all right okay well thank you very much gilson uh, really nice to talk to you and to hear more about central so thanks very much for sharing all that uh, with, with us all today
1: thank you very much kevin thanks for inviting
0: you're very welcome thanks for thanks for everything speak soon okay. thank you
1: thank you bye
0: Thank you for listening to Self Storage Explained, where we aim to provide expert advice on how to set up and scale your self-storage business. For more resources, including financial models and in-depth guides for setting up or growing your business, visit our self-storage academy at stora.co, at stora.co, forward slash academy. And if you would like to find out more about how Stora can help your business grow sales and save time, set up a demo or contact us at Stora.co, at Stora.co Thank you.